Hey everyone, today I got a great email question that came from a viewer over in Europe and it sparked a train of thought that is going to make me talk about something today I have never talked about before on this channel, which is the assets plus SDE method of valuing a business. I'm David C. Barnett and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing and managing small and medium sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Are you thinking of growing your business or beginning a journey into entrepreneurship? Take a shortcut to success by buying an existing and profitable business the right way. Visit businessbuyeradvantage.com and learn more about my online training, group coaching, and consulting services designed to help you win. All right. So as I said, I got an email from Europe. Let me let me read it to you. Uh, Zafer uh, wrote in. He he says, I got another question for you, David. Maybe it would make a great YouTube video. Yeah, it, it will. Watch. Just watch. Um, he says, while determining the selling, pro the selling price of a business, and he says, for example, a grocery store, by the method of inventory and asset calculation. So we'll get back to that in a minute. Number one, the cost of the inventory to be counted on selling price or buying price. So he's asking me, you know, the, the retail price of the inventory or the wholesale cost. Um, and then he has a bunch of other details in there about VAT, you know, whether he should include VAT or not. A VAT, the sales tax there. And, and then he says, number two, how do you calculate the goodwill of the business? Is there a formula or rule for this? So um, first of all, Zafer, whenever we're talking about selling a business, inventory is always, always, always counted at the price that the business paid for it. Um, simply because that, that retail margin, if you were to sell that inventory to a business buyer at the full retail price, you'd basically be earning all of the margin on the sale of all that inventory. And, and really that margin is for the new owner to achieve when they sell the inventory to the customer. So it's a, whenever we're doing anything to do with selling a business, we always value inventory on the, the wholesale cost or the price that the business paid for it. And if the inventory is older or something, then we may even mark that down. But, but let's get back to this, the very first thing that he said. When determining the selling price of a business by the method of inventory and asset calculation. So usually when we're talking about looking at the value of assets in a business, so any business might have an inventory, they might have machinery, equipment, et cetera. And if we went in and we simply added up the value of everything inside that business, um, and, and we added maybe even operating capital uh, components that the business requires to run, what would we be calculating? We'd actually be calculating the replacement value. Um, this is what it would cost us if we were going to go build a business of similar function, you know, in another location, if we bought all the same equipment, if we could buy it at the same you know, price, if we could get the same inventory, et cetera, this is the replacement cost of the business. And it's, it's usually something that we want to do when we're looking at a business that's for sale, because we, when we look at other various methodologies of valuing a business, you know, multiple of SDE, multiple of EBITDA, whatever it is. Um, it's often nice to then compare it to the replacement cost because this can let us know if there is a goodwill in, a, in the business or not. So for example, let's say we do some research 
we determine a given sort of business might reasonably sell for 2.3 times SDE. And let's say that SDE is 100,000. We multiply it out, we get $230,000 as the value according to SDE. That $230,000 according to that methodology is the enterprise value. It's supposed to include everything needed to make the business go, which would be the inventory, the equipment, et cetera, on a very simplistic basic level here. So what if the inventory and the equipment are actually worth more than $230,000? It would mean that the business has no goodwill. Uh, in fact, maybe we have to be willing to sell those assets at a discount for someone to be willing to buy the business. In, in that case, it would be a negative goodwill. The, the investment in those assets actually doesn't make sense given the performance of the business. Okay, So, so when Zafer proposes, let's add up the value of everything in the business and then add some further value to sort of represent the goodwill, my initial reaction was, well, no, that that isn't really a methodology. Um, but then after stewing on it for a while, I realized, hey, the modeling software that I use when I work with my clients on valuing businesses actually has this built into it as a methodology under the income method category. And so specifically, what the modeling software has is an asset plus SDE method for valuing businesses, which would literally mean just adding up the value of the assets in the business and then adding one year of SDE to represent the goodwill. Um, and so let's read what the creators of that software have to say about that methodology because I, I've never used it before. I've Honestly, I've looked at it, but I've never actually applied it to any business that I was examining because, uh, well, because there's issues with it. Let's, let's take a read and, and see what the creators of that software have to say about that method. So basically what they're saying, and I'm quoting here, under this method, the business is assumed to be worth the fair market value of the fixed assets plus a goodwill element equal to one times weighted average SDE. So you might have a weighting of several years here. And then it says, this method is slightly different from the other methods under the income approach. And what they mean by that is sort of the multiple of SDE or multiple of EBITDA methodologies, for example, uh, or discounted future cash flows. It says, it is a very conservative valuation method and used for very small businesses with few employees and extremely high income risk. It is not appropriate for most businesses uh, that are valued as a going concern. And if liabilities are assumed as part of the transaction, they would be deducted from the value otherwise determined. So, so what kind of businesses are they describing here? when they say a very small business with few employees and extremely high income risk. Well, you know, I'm imagining things like a hot dog cart, a food truck, um, maybe a little corner market in a couple hundred square feet that only has a couple of employees, small family business, something like that. Um, the keys here are that it's very small, it's probably never going to be much more than owning a job, um, but that the assets have some kind of real tangible value attached to them. Now, why have I never, you know, used this methodology? Well, it, it's very arbitrary. You know, you could, uh, for example, have a food truck business and you could spend $100,000 on your food truck and you could work at that food truck business all year long and uh, maybe you don't do that well and you have an SDE of $45,000, right? 
under this methodology, it's going to say that what that food truck is worth, maybe it depreciated a little bit after that year, 90. Um, and then you add the 45 that this would give that business a value of $135,000. But in my mind, uh, if you worked full time running a business and all you earned was 45 grand, uh, in my mind, that business wouldn't have any goodwill at all because basically you're just, you know, earning a wage for what you're doing. And so I would probably say to that business person, if you want to put your food truck up for sale, just, you're just selling a truck, right? If it's worth 90 grand, then that's what it's worth. That's you're going to sell it. And so um, I think that a methodology like this could certainly lend itself to overvaluing even these small businesses. And I think what this is, is it's a uh, an attempt to try to create some structure around this sort of gut feeling that people might have that if you've started a business and you have some customers and clientele and there's a cash flow that exists, then there should be, there should be some value there, right? So let's explore this a little bit more. And we'll use that food truck example. So in that food truck example, yeah, I haven't been all that successful. I've worked full time for a full year and I've only earned $45,000 of seller's discretionary earnings. Um, but would someone buying that scenario off of me be in a better position than someone who just bought a brand new food truck and was starting from scratch? I mean, I may already have identified some key places to go park the truck on the weekends, you know, in the summertime where there's, there, you know, there's a good opportunity to make some sales. And so obviously it's a more informed, lower risk scenario for somebody to buy that food truck off of me and be able to gain that experience and knowledge that I have in how to operate it and where to go with it, et cetera, than someone who just goes and buys one brand new, right? And they're starting from scratch and they don't know anything. And so how then do you um, figure out what that extra value is? In this methodology, they try to pin it on one times SDE. Um, I think that that can be a little bit too much in many, many scenarios. And in the small sort of business, I mean, really what we're talking about here is a, is a form of, of business liquidation kind of, because we're talking about very, very small businesses here where somebody wants to get out and they want to, they want to sell the business. And so I've seen people pay more than the fair market value of just tangible assets in the case of one of these very small business sales. It usually comes down to just a fair market activity between the buyer and seller. So the seller says, you know, it's worth more than just the equipment because I already have this knowledge about the market, about the insights of where the customers are, et cetera. And the buyer obviously wants to pay as little as possible. And they usually end up working out some kind of scenario. And Usually, I think in the mind of the buyer, that additional money that they're willing to pay, which could represent, quote unquote, the goodwill of the business, is usually tied to some kind of metric in their own mind about how long it might normally take for them to figure out this stuff on their own. So they're, they're really paying for the opportunity cost of skipping the learning curve which is the big reason why people pay for goodwill in a business anyway, is to avoid going through the, the short-term losses in this initial startup period of starting a new business. That's why it makes sense, more sense to buy a, an existing business than to start one from scratch. And so I thought it would be an interesting conversation to have with you guys. Um, this methodology is floating around out there. I mean, I have seen it before uh, for very small deals where people will put 
uh, you know, the value of the equipment, and they'll put some arbitrary number. In this case, they're saying one times SDE. Um, I don't put a lot of trust in this methodology. I don't know if it really delivers in as simple a formula as what they propose. And I think even the people that that created the software that I use, they're, they're actually putting a whole bunch of caveats on this about when and where it should be used. I think it's an interesting sort of uh, yardstick. So if you're looking at one of these very small businesses, obviously you want to evaluate the tangible assets, create your replacement cost. Then you want to look at the SDE, maybe look at what the multiples are in that industry, see how that compares with the replacement cost. And, and then you might consider what the output of a method like this could look like uh, and just weigh these things into what your offer might be. At the end of the day, um, every one of these very small businesses is going to have a different sort of value depending on the person who is the buyer and what their BATNA is. BATNA standing for best alternative to a negotiated agreement. Let me let me explain what that means. So someone, for example, who you know has an IT job and earns 200 grand, obviously a little business like the one we're talking about isn't going to hold a lot of value because that person isn't going to be able to replace the income that they have at their job, right? So to that person, they're going to undervalue this business. They're going to say it's not worth that much. Uh, and they're not going to even consider SDE. They're going to look at EBITDA because they probably won't want to go and work in this business, right? If you compare that to someone who may not have finished high school, who's been working in a low wage job their whole life and doesn't really have a lot of employment prospects for earning a higher income, to that person, a business like this could actually represent a big step up and an opportunity to increase their income and to, and to grow financially and professionally, right? So that's the kind of buyer who probably would be more incentivized to actually be willing to, to get into a deal where they buy these assets and they pay some amount for goodwill because they're going to be able to get ahead uh, in a way that they can't through, uh, through the labor market. Right. And here's the caveat to that again, then, too, is if you happen to be a seller of a business that kind of falls into this category, you know, very, very, very small business. Um, if that buyer is a person who's been earning 15 or 17 dollars an hour in some job and they're going to come along and buy your very small business like the food truck business, uh, you can't expect them to have a very big down payment. Right. And a Typically, people with lower incomes also are more um, more commonly run afoul of things like the terms on credit cards or loans, et cetera. And so that person may also have a more challenged credit history, right? And so what does that mean? It means that the person who is willing to put the highest price on your very small business is likely a person who's going to have a great deal of difficulty actually securing financing for its purchase. And it's probably going to have a very limited down payment. And so this is a real example of one of those scenarios where um, if you're trying to sell a business like this, um, the seller terms are going to be a key driver in allowing sellers to access that higher value that, that one of these particularly suited types of buyers may be willing to pay. And with that, I want to thank Zafer for uh, for submitting that question. That was great. And if if you're out there and you're thinking about buying a business, I'll remind you to go and and uh, head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com where you can learn more about my online program, my group coaching class, and uh, all the consulting services that I offer for people that want to buy a business. And with that, I'll say thank you very much. We'll talk to you next time. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? 
easy. Go over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, and more. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go to Mark Willis at Lake Growth Financial, today's video sponsor. Mark helps people better manage their personal and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy. This is something I've done personally and I've seen others use it successfully for years. Go to newbankingsolution.com to find all the interviews I've done with Mark and learn more about the advantages of these programs. While there, sign up for a free consultation to learn what this solution might look like for you.